Hi, this is Justin. Today on Theocast, we're going to be talking about the darkness and the evil that exists within all of us. The Christian life is often anything but clean. It's messy. It's hard. We're not always on this nice, clean, upward trajectory of ongoing improvement. We're going to talk honestly about that and talk honestly about the fact that it's impossible to navigate the Christian life in this fallen world until we come to grips with who we really are. We're excited to have this conversation and we hope that it's helpful to you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Theocast, encouraging weary pilgrims to rest in Christ. Conversations about the Christian life from a Reformed perspective. Our hosts today are John Moffat, pastor of Community Bible Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee, Jimmy Bueller, pastor of Christ Community Church in Wilmer, Minnesota, and I'm Justin Perdue, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina. Jimmy, you have the cultural update for today, man. What's going on in your world? No pressure. Yeah, so we are in the process of planting a church, as the listener may remember from the interview that we did, and just various outlets. And whoever's listening, I mean, this is like probably the easiest thing you've ever done, right? Very easy. Planting a church. It's like Seriously. planting a flower. It is. Yeah. You got to pull a lot of weeds. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not talking about church members. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. No. So we are in what we're calling the core family phase. Yeah. And so essentially we've gathered nine core families, mm. uh, 18 adults, that number plus of children. A lot of those are three to five. <laughs> Word. Yeah. So that, it, that resonates with me. Yeah. It can be pretty crazy. So we're getting we're getting to the phase also where we're pretty antsy to launch right. because right now we're meeting in homes. I mean, you're yeah. like less than 60 days away, right? Yeah. 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 So around there, you know, we, we're using the, the language of we're on nobody's timeline but our own mm-hmm. um, because we, we want to make sure that we have some bases covered, mm-hmm. that we know what we're walking into. Um, so we're excited. Uh, people are excited. People are beginning to ask about the church plant yeah. and, you know, can I come in? And we've, we we kind of have this policy, you know, that the core family phase is not a revolving door yeah. sure. because it can just really play with the dynamics of the team, yeah. uh, the the launch team, if you will, not to use that overly used language, but, right. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, so we're, we're excited. I'm getting antsy. Um, and it, this might sound strange, but I think the, the thing that I'm most antsy for is just to, to, preach and worship yeah. with people, take the table with Absolutely. people, you know, be, because you miss those things. Yeah. You do. You know, we, we're ordinary means of grace guys. So we understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we're, we're getting excited. I remember when I was there, man, it, there is, I felt like it was six months of organizing mm-hmm. and I, and I'm a very organized person in general, but the, the idea of ministering the gospel, loving on people, and then just organization, like the details, mm-hmm. right? You know, that you wish you could, just like when you hire somebody to move you, like you can hire a moving company. You just right. wish you could hire somebody, yeah, to just do all the the details for you, and you yeah. could just worry about loving on people and shepherding them. Yeah, those those times I can remember them well too. <laughs> they're exciting on the one hand; they're very frustrating on the other. And yeah, there's a lot of anticipation. Church planning is no joke. It's I mean, not we, a joke. We were talking about it before. I, I know that my wife and I talk regularly about this that. 
the Lord's done a lot of good in the last four years, and we'd never want to do these four years again. And <laughs> for sure. there, you, there you have that. For so, John, what sure. are we so, talking about today? Yeah, before man? we yeah, jump before in that, we so, jump, all, okay. so all of that to My say, bad. for those of you who are listening and care, please pray for Jimmy. Yeah. Love yeah. that. He's about to go through a very yeah. hard season of life. And That's right. How old are your children again? Uh, by the time that you hear this, they'll be about seven, five, and two. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can head to ChristCommunityMN.org. <laughs> Check us out. Yeah, and give the poor men a donation. That's right. <laughs> they, they, they are they are taking seed gifts. Absolutely. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Faith gifts. <laughs> <laughs> and still looking for a location. If I'm right, we are. Yeah, we are yeah. looking for a location. Uh, it's not as easy as perhaps we thought sure. in the first place. What's the population That's hard of too, uh, yeah. Wilmer? Uh, Wilmer itself is 20,000. I mean, yeah. you, there's other areas around sure. us. I, I couldn't give you an exact number because sure. I don't know how far you want yeah. that yeah. mile marker to go. 50 miles. Yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. search for space is real. It, it is. We're, we're sort it. of outgrowing our space right now and we're looking for another yeah. place to meet. And yeah, coming up empty at the present moment. Absolutely. But, yeah. It's a good problem. It is a good problem. It's yeah. a great problem. So we're going to try this again. Yeah, John, sorry about that. No, hey, no worries, man. <laughs> what are we talking about today, bro? So I, I don't want to scare everybody away. Today, I think it's going to be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you walk with us for at least 15 minutes and let us, and let us set the platform yeah. a little bit. So you're saying we're coming out of the gates hot. We're going to come out of the gates a little hot. Hot, yeah. hot and dark. But I would say with every man around this table and um, for a lot of the listeners who've walked with us for a long time, you're going to appreciate this conversation. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Christianity in general is a glorious movement, of course, started by our Savior, Jesus Christ. But there's a confusion when it comes to this movement. And a lot of it is um, what we call the, you know, the precious moments movement, where mm-hmm, yeah. everything seems clean sure. and, and bright, and the status should be always moving up and mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. And it seems white and pure. And then <laughs> those of us who are pastors who then go behind the door and yeah. close it, and people then say, my life is not there. Yeah. Um, many who listen, and hopefully those of you who are new, you will begin to identify with what we are trying to present, which is a very old concept, a very old theology. This is nothing new. No. None of the pastors around this table are going to say, you're not going to believe what we have discovered. That's right. Um, yeah. Unless we've been reading old books and it's rediscovering. Yeah. Today is more about, and just work with me as as we unfold this, but today is more about the dark side of Christianity. Yeah. The real side of Christianity. The dark side of the Christian life. Yeah. This is one of those moments where if, if I was preaching a sermon, I would be like, hey, before the parking lot empties, just hang with me for a minute. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. conversation will be like that, maybe. Yeah. Grease stains are real. They are. And the, um, I would say this isn't because I've experienced this as a pastor, which is true. You know, I grew up in a pastor's home. I've been a pastor for, you know, well over going over 15 years. Um, and from my own personal life, the Christian life is not bright and it's not clean and it's not pure. Um, the hope is the final state is absolutely. Yeah. And Christ is. And absolutely. And yeah. our joy which is, is placed in that. So today is more of, I would say, a reality check. Let, let, let's, if we're, if we're all willing yeah. for everyone who's listening to us in your car and your headphones, washing dishes, you know, walking, mowing the lawn, mm-hmm. if you were to say and evaluate your life, mm-hmm. you would say, okay, yes, if, if we're going to be completely honest, 
And then this isn't going to be broadcasted across social media. The Christian life is very much an uphill climb that is muddy, dirty, and grimy. And what do we do? I mean, how do you evaluate that from the sense of all of these promises being cleansed, being new? And Paul, I think Paul sets us up for this concept of, I hate what I do mm-hmm. and the things that I want to do, I'm not doing them. Right. Oh, wretched man that I am. And does right. Paul stop there? No. no. There is hope and yet Amen. there is reality. Yeah. Yep. So today's podcast is how do you yeah. marry the two of those and then move forward? And I mean, before we even jump into the messy piece again, the hope is what allows us to stare the reality in the face and call it what it is. Yeah. And say, okay, yeah, we're going to pull back the curtains of our lives and we're going to talk about it honestly. Right. Because of Christ, we actually can have this conversation. Yeah, I think it's impossible. And, and that's, a, that's a very bold statement. I understand that. But I think it's, it's almost, a strong word. I think it's almost impossible to move forward and truly experience rest mm. until you are willing to admit the actual state of that you're in. Could not that's agree right. more. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have ever like shared bad news with somebody. I'm sure you have. But <laughs> yeah. the idea of you wouldn't believe what just happened. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know right away that everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But and then you go on to share right. about, you know, some tragic thing or whatever. And and really that's what we're trying to talk about today is it we want to we want to talk about the dark side of the Christian life and the Christian heart and the Christian experience and the Christian experience, which most people don't want to talk about. No, but we're doing it against the backdrop Mm. of the hope of the gospel where it's like, no, the the good news is here, right? Everybody, you're okay. Everybody's okay. You know, to, to, to go on the analogy, but, but here's, here's some tragic, tragic reality. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do this at the risk of sounding shameless. The tagline for our church Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville is imperfect people, perfect savior. Yeah. And so what we're talking about right now is that reality that we are far from perfect and we're going to be talking about that and we can talk about it because we are all looking to and pointing one another to the perfect one who is our righteousness, who is the ground of our assurance. And so now let's be real. Yeah. 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 So in the confet, and this is where I would say in the podcast, we try and ground ourselves. Yeah. And reading through a confession, for instance, um, a lot of you know, some of you that may be drawn to the Westminster Confession around this table, we we all, our, our churches confess mm-hmm. the 1689 London Baptist Confession. And in those confessions, you are faced with some hard realities. Yeah, you are. And the realities in that is that even though Jesus Christ has washed your sins, he's cleansed you, he has come to live within you, you have been grafted into Christ, right? Mm-hmm. This is the glorious the truth of the of our baptism Amen. we're grafted into Christ yeah. he has given us a new heart a new desire and then a new you, identity and then you wake up the next morning and say why am i still angry yeah why do i still feel like this yeah. right why am i still sad right why am i mad why do i yell at my yeah. kids <laughs> right yeah. and so what happens is that leads you to great despair so we evaluate our life and say i should be this way mm-hmm. and i'm not yeah something's either I'm not saved mm-hmm. or something's broken. That's right. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know what your guys' experience is, but many, many years of my life, I woke up and went, I have to continue to fake 
because I am not like everybody else I see at church. Mm-hmm. I'm not Absolutely. like them, right? I'm broken because they show up as if everything is fine. I show up and go, nothing is fine. Everything yeah. is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I, has that been your guys' experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, I would, I mean, I, I remember having conversations with people and thinking these things of, man, they're talking like this and they are, they're praying this way and they, they appear this way on the outside. But something within me feels very off center. That's right. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling the way that they're feeling yeah. by what they're saying. Yeah. By what is said, not by their actions. That's right. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah, so absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, still to this day, you know, it, when I see somebody, and he, I mean, here's just a glimpse into the wickedness of my own heart. When I see somebody uh, do, doing a pious act, if you will, my first thought is not to rejoice <laughs> and that the spirit of God yeah. is moving within them. Yeah. My first thought is, why don't I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I should, and and you know, to use that word, you know, you said it. I think Justin, you said it earlier. The should word, yeah. Know, the should word can be so dangerous, sure, in the Christian life. So sure. there's there's a darkness. I appreciate men like Luther and even Calvin yes. who understand the darkness of the heart. Um, I've been around enough. You know, I grew up in a pastor's home. My wife grew up in a pastor's home. Unfortunately, we have seen. Um, men who are faithful and men who are not. We've, yeah. we've seen a lot of pain. And I remember the first time I read the London Baptist Confession, chapter five, mm. verse uh, cha- point yeah. five. Yeah. It made my heart uh, feel so safe yeah. because I understood there wasn't something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. There was something wrong with this world that Christ would make right. Yeah. Let me just read this real quick. I, I think it's helpful. The most wise, righteous, and gracious God does not often, or sorry, does oftentimes Leave for a season his own children. Please note, he is speaking of regenerate. He's speaking of believers. People who belong to him. Who have been adopted by God. Yes. Christians. The spirit lives within them. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about new creation people. Right. His own children to manifold temptations and the corruptions of their own hearts to chastise them for their former sins or to discover unto them the hidden strength of corruption and deceitfulness of their own hearts, that they may be humbled and raise to them a more close and constant dependence for their support upon him. I could not, I I exploded with joy Mm -hmm. to know that my gracious father at times exposes to me the absolute frailty Mm and deceitfulness of my own flesh absolutely yeah. so that i will turn in desperation say father if without you mm-hmm. i would be i would be i would be deserving right and am deserving of hell right so those of you who say and wake up and say i don't deserve god's love i'm like yes you're right. Yeah. It's true. And it's actually worse than you ever imagined. Oh, that's, yes. right. that's right. Yeah. yeah the mirror I, is foggy at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it was John Newton who said, you know, I'm a mystery unto myself, a heap of inconsistency. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but I can go through particular weeks. You feel pretty good. Yeah. You know, you feel pretty good. Like, hey, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm using air quotes. My sin doesn't feel that bad. 
And so you you can get really confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I mean, all it can, it, that can change on a dime. I mean, that can change in a moment. And when somebody doesn't use a blinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it just, we as people are so inconsistent. Uh, I've always loved the word fickle. Sure. <laughs> we are like the fickleness of the human heart. Yeah, bro. You know, I, I, I was talking about this the other day with somebody where the, the language of, it, it's okay. God, God knows your heart. God knows your heart. God knows your heart in that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what terrifies exactly. me. Exactly. That's what terrifies me is that God knows my heart because I just have a little glimpse mm-hmm. of my heart and I can see the wickedness there. God sees all the way to the bottom. Yeah. Know? Now, and let's call your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There you go. That's right. Let's let's get around. That's right. Well, not only do we love to ground ourselves in the confessions, obviously we love to ground ourselves in scripture. Right. And so to talk about, like you just alluded to, Jimmy, God sees down to the bottom. Well, what does God say about our hearts? I mean, think about Genesis chapter six, where God saw that the thoughts and the inclinations of man's heart mm-hmm. was only evil continually. Yeah. That describes all of us. Put that on a coffee cup. Right. That's not going to be slapped up on the refrigerator. Yeah. No. And then think. just read Noah's life. And there are no precious yeah. moments figurines with those verses on. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. No. Jeremiah 17, 9, yeah. right? The heart is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Yeah. Answer, no one. Right. It, Romans 3, you know, 9 to 20. I mean, I, I think it's probably familiar to many where Paul cites the Psalms and Isaiah and just to make the point that there is no one who does good. Hmm. There's no, no one who's righteous, no one who seeks after God, right? No, not even one. Like not even one, Paul? No, bro. No, and not even, even James, one. James is talking to the believer. Right. And who's right. he warning against? He's warning against Satan who can come in and absolutely deceive you sure. because you're that vulnerable. You are that vulnerable. You're that you're that easy to deceive. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, it's already been referenced once today. Romans chapter 7, Galatians chapter 5, where we are told by the Apostle Paul that the internal war between the spirit, our inner man, and the flesh is real to where we find ourselves not doing the things we want to do. And then doing the things that we don't want to do, which, as you already said, John, it leads him to scream out, to cry out, wretched man that I am, who's going to rescue me? And thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. But I know that we're three pastors sitting around this table right now. And as we've spent time together recently, I mean, we're, we're talking about things that we've seen in the church. Which led to this podcast. Exactly. It led to this podcast. We've talked about even our own, our own hearts. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. You know, one of the things that I think we're all very convicted about is never just as pastors, like lest anybody ever misunderstand. I mean, we do not have it all together. You know, there are many guys, sadly, in ministry that have built their ministry on a public persona of having it all together. Strength. Yeah. Yeah. Strength. Oh, yeah. Like the, the pastor's marriage is always doing well. Right. Um, the, he's not having a, a rough season. If I ask him how he's doing, like he's... He's supposed to be on top of his he's game. He's supposed to be on top of his game. He's not stumbling. He's not struggling. He's certainly not questioning anything. Yeah. Uh, his affections are where they need to be. That's whatever. Right. Yeah. And, so I, I yeah, remember please, I remember in. watching, I think it was some sort of documentary on uh, you know, a large megachurch pastor. It was it was from a secular worldview. You know, they were they were fascinated by the success and the right. growth of this church and the size of this church. And that's neither here nor there. That's not the point. 
but the, the pastor was speaking to the reporter. And one of the things that he said, dare I say, haunts me to this day, because he says, I know that I'm not allowed to have an off day spiritually. Mm. And I, I just, I remember oh watching that as a young pastor and that it, it was crushing because I'm like, well, I've, I, I had one yesterday yeah, <laughs> or today. Right. And I know I'm going to have one next week. Yeah. Well, I know I've had, because we all can buy into the lie. Mm-hmm. And this is true for the Christian. This is true for the pastor that we should have it all together, yeah. that we should be better by now. You're There's the whatever. example. There's exactly. the example. So yeah. there, I can't tell you, there have been a number of Sunday mornings in the last several years as I've been the lead pastor of CBC where my sin and my frailty like becomes incredibly apparent on Sunday morning. Mm. And I'm wrestling with my own frame mm. and I'm wrestling with the wickedness and the corruption that still is in me. And the enemy immediately just jumps all over me. Right. And it's like, how in the world are you fit to now go and preach God's word and yeah, okay. shepherd God's people when you are such a train wreck? Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that, that the, in, and I've been preaching for a long time in a very many different context. And I would say in the last two years, well, now even maybe in the last five years in a church where we do take communion every week as as do we right there is this <laughs> there's a side of me that that the only reason i can climb into the pulpit mm. is knowing yeah that the that the gospel truth of the table is coming will be ministered yeah. to me at the so i i come to the pulpit as a congregant knowing that at the end we will be feasting on Christ Amen. and trusting in that means right and that isn't to say that i don't get into the pulpit prepared sure but there is never a moment that the more I look at Christ and the more the gospel becomes a mirror to my own life and I look into that mirror and I am so horrified by my sin mm. that I come in and I look down upon those who are sitting down in a chair. Sure. I look at them and go, do we not need Christ today? Amen. Like we, yeah. Do we We, not we have him? come in desperate need of yeah. what only Jesus can provide. Right. All of us. We are excited to announce that we have a new free ebook available at our website called Faith Versus Faithfulness, a primer on rest. And we, the host, put this together to explain the difference between emphasizing one's faith in Christ versus emphasizing one's faithfulness to Christ and how one leads to rest and how the other often to a lack of assurance. And you can get this at theocast.org slash primer. And if you've been encouraged by what you've been hearing at Theocast, We'd ask you to help partner with us. You can do that by joining our Total Access membership. That's our monthly membership that gives you access to all of our material that we've produced over the last four years, or simply by donating to our ministry. And you can do that by going to our website, theocast.org. We hope that you enjoy the rest of the conversation. Yeah, guys, I think a lot of what we said, most people are going to be able to recognize that, relate to that. They see that they struggle with sin. They see, the, you know, the wickedness of their own heart in in many respects. Some more, some less. But I guess I'm curious. How do you think the average Christian? What are some ways that you think the average Christian seeks to deal with this? Yeah, this is tough. 
if you're new to Theocast, if this might be episode one, yeah, you're going, first of all, this is too heavy. <laughs> yeah. Lighten up, fellas. Yeah. Guys, relax. And I, I agree. I mean, if you've been, if, if you could just, if you could go have a, you know, lunch with us, you would laugh. We, we have laughed so hard today. And there's a side of it we where can, yeah, we have. because the three of us understand our reality, yeah. we don't take ourselves serious. You can't take yourself serious. too seriously. No, yeah. no, you can't. No. It's almost like when you're playing um, junkyard ball, right? You're playing junkyard sure. basketball and a pro shows up. You're like, nah, I'm not going to even, right. I mean, we're going to just laugh and have a good time. Right. Sometimes ever nineties R and B. That's right. Yeah, yeah baby. Ab- absolutely. KC and JoJo. Hey. <laughs> but, uh, wow. You got to give the people what they want. That's right. <laughs> should be our new intro music. Um, I like our intro music. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, no, to, to your question, Jimmy, I, I would say the hardest part of this whole conversation is you have to admit you're not who you think you are. Well, yeah. You're not who you're presenting yourself to be. Yeah. That's right. You know who you are. I'll take that back. You know who you are. You're just not who you present yourself to be, it, right. especially mm-hmm. not on Instagram or Facebook. And you've got to be willing to talk in public like you think in private. Hmm. You, but that's da- like, what's, what's the borderline of dirty laundry? Yeah. Uh, that's true. I mean, we're not saying throw discretion and discernment out the window and just like relationally throw up all over people. Yeah. That's yeah. not what we're saying. Is it more a posture than a conversation? A posture than a conversation? I think so. Yeah. I think that's fair. Like I, I'm wanting to process that on the fly, but I think yeah. that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't jump into conversation. Hey, I'm Jimmy. What's your name? What's your worst sin? When are you going to stop? No, you don't, you, don't. <laughs> you know, you don't jump into that. Right. However, uh, I think a lot of times I myself, I operate in almost this cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. where I have this, I know who I am. I know what I'm presenting to you. I'm wondering what your perception of me is. And particularly, and, and my wife may giggle at this if she dares to listen, that when she's there and, you know, I'm meeting somebody, it's always, well, okay, well I know who I am. I know who I'm presenting. My wife really knows who I am. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So there's this constant dissonance. Um, and, I, and I know that as Christians, a lot of times we try to mask that. Yeah. We try to cover that up. Sure. Or what we try to do is we try to discipline ourselves out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what we say is, okay, I sinned in this way. I sinned X, Y, Z today. But tomorrow, I'm going to do ABC mm-hmm. of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a little bit of offset mm-hmm. to kind of to, to silence that inner voice. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, the law working on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I recently walked into a movie theater with my children to watch um, a new Marvel movie. What fascinated me about the experience, I sat back for a moment because we got there early enough. What fascinated me is no one there postured themselves as somebody. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're all there to receive new information and an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As recipients, yeah. So I never, there was never like at the person next to me, in front of me, or behind me. I never felt like I needed to do anything or to prove sure. to them or to lobby. Right, we were there to all receive what we had paid for. Yeah. But when you walk into the church, that is not the case. Sure. There is posturing. There is lobbying. There is presentation. Positioning. You have sure. to position yourself yeah, as and ex- posturing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. as acceptable. 
And what the gospel does, and as if you continue to listen to Theocast, what the gospel does, the law absolutely says, stop posturing. Yeah, because yeah. it crushes you. you. You are here to observe that you are unworthy. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are here to observe that yeah. there is one who is perfect. Yeah. There is one who obeyed. There was one who is worthy, and you were not that one. Exactly. Yeah. Go ask Isaiah how posturing in Isaiah 6 went for him. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Put the coal on my lips, please. That's right. Woe yeah. is me. Woe right. is me. Yeah. 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 And then when, when, you, when you truly hear the law of God read over you, and, and you, you sit for a Pro- minute. Properly, by That's the way. That's right. Properly. Yeah. You would never try to achieve it properly. No. No. No, it'd be, it'd be insane. Yeah. But, but honestly, we're not talking... It, again, this goes to my comment earlier. Well, God knows your heart. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. law. That's the problem. The law confronts that. Right. It th- does. That I do know your heart. I mean, that's the Sermon on the Mount. It is. You know, you have heard it said, you know, do not, do not murder. And almost everybody, if not everybody, listening to this podcast can say, yeah, good. I didn't do that. If you've ever been angry at anyone, yeah, murder. that is equated to murder. Yeah, and, and like whether you accept it or not, that's reality. Yeah, right. And all Christ is doing, as we're all saying in that moment, is He is preaching and applying the law to the heart as it was always intended to be. Right, preached and applied. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the weight that Christians feel that is often, I think, shifted or moved. I think it needs to remain. Otherwise, the gospel doesn't make any sense. Mm. Like when you walk in, and you go. I am an epic failure. Yeah. I can, I, everything I think I should be, I am not. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say, yes, agree, so am I. Right. This is why Jesus says that he is absolutely the only way, the truth, and the life. Right. No one can come to him except through what? No one can come to the Father except through him. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the, I, I couldn't agree more about the law the problem in many cases is that the law has been so relativized and dumbed down that we have deluded ourselves into thinking that we can keep it. Yeah. And I agree that that first use of the law, if we're talking about how it's been understood historically, mm-hmm. theologically, mm-hmm. that first use of the law, which is to show us our sin mm-hmm. and drive us to the Savior, that needs to be heralded to the redeemed every single Lord's day right. so that we do feel the weight of the law. And we do understand like, yeah, I've got no shot. Like I am absolutely wrecked, ruined and bankrupt before a holy God as I look at his requirements and as I assess my life. Thank God for Jesus. And then of course we can talk about how we live as believers, third use of the law. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that confusion about, you know, between the law and the gospel certainly, but even that first and that third use. Yeah. It presents all kinds of bad things in the church and in the life of the Christian. Hmm. Yeah, I think this is why. If you've ever, if you've had a congregant or a friend come to you and say, "Man, I've been reading Deuteronomy, and it, it is rough. <laughs> yeah, it's very rough. Yeah. I don't understand blood and this yeah. and that." And there's a side of me that goes, "Are you feeling it's kind of difficult?" They're like, "Yeah, there's so much." Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not even a fraction of what God requires. Yeah. Right? Like the, I would say that's entry level and sure. they would go, that's insane. Right. right. You need to understand what God requires. Not one human has come one step close to it. Yeah. And then Christ comes on the scene and it, it wasn't even a thought. Sure. It's like, no, I obey the father. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfectly. what I, that's what I do. Yeah. So where we've gotten is to the place of, we're talking about the, the, 
the total depravity yeah. of man. We're not yeah. talking about the utter depravity. And this man. is important. Yeah. This is very, very important. Very important. That's an important distinction where right. the utter depravity of man would say, you know, it's just completely lawless. Right. It's anarchy. We're as bad as we could ever be. That's right. That's not what we're saying. That is not, don't, don't hear what we're not saying, right? <laughs> we're talking about total depravity, you know, the, the theological term, noetic effects of sin. Right. It's woven throughout all of your soul, all right. of your mind, all of your personhood. Mm-hmm. But again, to get to that question, the idea of what do we do? How do we, how have, how have Christians today, think of just the, the modern church scene today, and we'll speak to the American church because that's where we are. The ways that we've tried to com- combat that. And so Luther, you know, he talked about the idea of, you know, I went to the monastery. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely paraphrasing here. Uh, I went to the monastery, but that old rascal, speaking yeah. of himself, came with me. Yeah, that's right. And so no Protestant today is begging to go to the monastery. But I think what we do is we build these kind of spiritual monasteries. That's good. Yeah. And the way we do that is we try to spiritually discipline ourselves out. Sure. And it's like, it's not that we do that apart from Christ, but what I think happens is that Christ is in the background. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Christ becomes the taskmaster of complete these disciplines, do Mm -hmm. these tasks, and you will have you know, kind of the, the Christian life that I've designed you to have. This is Galatians when Paul says, wait, wait, wait a minute. How did you begin right. by the spirit? Was Galatians it Galatians three? Right. Yeah. Was it works of the flesh? Because no. no, it's it was by preaching of the gospel yeah. that bring forth faith. By the spirit, yeah. It's faith. by the work of the spirit. And then later on in Colossians, he says, You're doing all of these works yeah. by the flesh to try and control the flesh and they're not working. Right. Now listen, to be to be to be fair and to be clear. We are not throwing out common sense. No. We're also not throwing out, listen, um, be wise. Yeah. But it's very clear in Paul and in Christ that there are means by which God uses to grow and strengthen us mm-hmm. and to protect us. Yeah. And unfortunately, we have transitioned those, sure. as Jimmy said, into disciplines. If I am quiet, if I do this— right. If I eat this way, sleep this way, journal this way, read this way, therefore I'll be a better Christian. That's right. And, and I mean, I even think, to use the language of new creation, Yeah. Th- oftentimes we think about being a new creation, meaning that I'm doing all of that stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a new creation, therefore that means that my life looks like A, B, C, D, E. Progression. You know, progression. It's that continual upward trajectory. Yeah. It's ongoing improvement all of that kind of stuff. It's linear, it's nice, it's clean, it's tidy because I'm a new creation in mm. Christ Jesus. And that is not the presentation of the New Testament. And another disclaimer that I think we can make because we've talked about this, you know, we're not excusing sin. We're not excusing ridiculous behavior in all of this. And even with respect to pastors, I mean, we've talked about our own hearts that, you know, as we've sat around this table, there are such things as elder qualifications. We're not disputing any of them. No, not at all. And every everyone around the mic, the moment I feel like one of you are, are and myself am disqualified, sure. we should call it out. Absolutely, yeah. we Absolutely. should. Yeah. So don't don't misunderstand us in anything that we're saying. And at the same time, we're talking about the fact that the human heart is desperately sick and that yeah. we, as we just talked about with total depravity, every aspect of our person has been corrupted and tainted by sin. Yeah, and I would add to that that we're not we're not seeking to excuse sin at all. No. no. No nobody's nobody's saying that. But what we are saying is 
but we're not surprised by it. Not no. at all. No. So when I have someone before me confessing something, I mean, I remember confessing sin to somebody and I just said, I just, I feel like this is weird. And that person just looked at me and just said, well, sin is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. it, it just kind of brought that weight of lightness Sure, where, yeah. I mean, we, we, we were talking about this earlier on John's porch yeah. of, I mean, you go in the Old Testament, mm. Yeah, man, there's some weird stuff. Talk about Noah. Like, yeah, it it's some rough reading. Okay, the fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, bro, just go read their history. Right, you're gonna yeah. walk away with a you're gonna need a drink of water. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, how many people you know that are like, hey, I just sold off my wife. <laughs> well, I know, like, you know, it's like, oh, I, I just, we all just want to be like, you know, Father Abraham, and this is not to slam Abraham, but it's like, man, I know many people in my church who have done better than Abraham, you yeah, know, when it comes to, yeah. you know, their marriage or whatever. I've never cheated on my wife, to be clear. Yeah. God right? be praised. I've never lied about my wife. <laughs> God be praised. And never it's going to call me the father of the faith. No. No. Which should be no. a glory to God and not to Abraham. Amen, bro. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I think there, there's a side of it to go, to go, to be clear. And in the past, Theocast has been accused of being antinomian. Wait, what? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. For those of you who don't know what that word is, it means anti-law. We're against holiness. We're against the laws of God. And I want, I want to explain something to you. There's a difference between acknowledging the frailty of man. Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you this. If tomorrow I could love my wife, love mm-hmm. God, and love my neighbor with all of my heart without fail, I promise you my life would be better if I didn't do that. That, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So please know that that is not a reality that I am trying to get out of. I do not want to hate my wife or hate my neighbor or hate God. I don't want to run head I don't want to run headlong into God. And here's why because Jesus is that much more beautiful than yeah. sin. Yeah. So this is where I think if we're going to wind the conversation down. This is where I think this is, has to go in that it all comes down to motivation. Sure. I, in reality, oftentimes fight the desire to obey Satan, to sure. obey my desire. Mm-hmm. Or to, to obey your flesh. Right, right. Which is ultimately my They're, flesh. Right. Right. The temptations to, I'm going to satisfy myself in greed, in lust, in fame, right. in pride. And the gospel and the church is designed to say, no, no, no. Jesus is more beautiful, mm-hmm. more glorious, more desirable. And I would say, you know, we had this conversation between the the difference, you know, Jimmy and I were joking about the difference between a battle and a war. Mm-hmm. The war will not be won until you mm-hmm. die. That's right. But the battle, it is a battle. Every single day you wake sure. up, you will battle to say, I'm either going to pursue the glory and trust in Jesus in the midst of my frailty. Right or I'm going to give in. Hmm. And I will warn you, if you try and do that on your own outside the church, right. more than likely you're going to fail. Apart yeah. from the means, yeah, that God has given. I know I was having a conversation with with some people after church this past Sunday and thinking about just some of the things that we've brought up, the reality of, of sin and just how people have been burned by the church. Hmm. And uh, a lot of that has to do with things that we're talking about here. And I, I made the statement that a lack of frailty, a lack of fra- a lack of honesty. Yeah, right. You can't be frail. A lack of an understanding yeah. of the fallen human condition and yeah. the miseries associated with it. Yeah, and this kind of facade, you know, that everybody constructs and 
all the things we've talked about. You can struggle with respectable sins. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're right. So we were just talking about these things being, being burned yeah. by the church. We were yeah. talking about our church and our hopes for it. And, and I was making the statement that because of this, this understanding of the human heart and the fallen human condition and all these things that I am not surprised. Like you said just a moment ago, Jimmy, I'm not surprised when people come to me and confess sins, even, even some things that are pretty heinous. Hmm. Like, My, we've had multiple pastors publicly who have been... Even recently. Yeah. That's true. And I mean, we all as pastors in our respective churches have, have heart, dealt with things that are break. heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm. And, but my, sincerely, just because of this theological framework, in those moments when I'm sitting across the table from somebody and I can see them squirming in their seat, they won't make eye contact with me, and they are convinced that what they are about to say to me is going to absolutely just <laughs> like burn the village down. That's right. In that moment, this kind of theological framework allows me to lean in to that person and, and just say like, brother, sister, I'm sorry. Like, this is terrible. This is hard. And sin is real. Mm. And yeah, I'm here. We can talk like Christ is your righteousness. And, yeah. and instead of the being, line is long. Yeah, exactly. I, we say this all the time. <laughs> like you, you're, you're talking about like, if you only knew how bad I am, we say, look, with all due respect, take a number and get in line. It's yeah. way You're just, bad. You are just like the rest of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so we're not, our posture in that moment is not to like recoil and push away from the table in horror. It's to lean in and love and come alongside and, yeah. and have that honest conversation. And not excusing. Not excusing it at no. all. It's like, and offering honestly, hope. And honestly, in that moment, that person does not need me or you guys to come in from the top turnbuckle and pile it on. They know it's terrible. They know it's wrong. Well, guys, obviously we're not done here. No. There's a lot more that we could say uh, in this conversation. And so we're going to do that now. We're going to move over to the members podcast. And so if you're interested in participating in that conversation and listening in, we would encourage you to go over to theocast.org where you can look into becoming a Total Access member, where you'll be able to partake of all of the content that we have there for our members. And we look forward to seeing you over there. Thank you for listening to Theocast. If you'd like to contact us or find out additional information about our membership, you can do so at theocast.org.